You're listening to The Cynic Weekly. If you enjoy our weekly podcast, you might be interested in finding out how to access even more Cynic content. By signing up for a full Cynic subscription at thecynic.co, you'll have access to Celtic-related podcasts throughout the week. For a monthly fee, you get access to a range of podcasts covering your favourite football club. We cover a range of topics from news and current events to the history of the club, analysis of games, player profiles, coverage of the women's team, quizzes and much more. We have our own app or you can download your private RSS link to podcast players. You can also access content via our website so you can listen in the way that works for you. To find out more, visit thecynic.co or email info at thecynic.co. We pride ourselves in being an independent platform. You won't be bothered by any outside advertising or folk trying to sell you stuff and you can cancel your subscription at any time. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting The Cynic. Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly on the 19th of January 2023. It's Thursday, it's been a terrific week of football for Glasgow Celtic. Uh, we'll talk through it all. I am joined today, as always, by Christopher Somani. Hello, sir. Uh, evening, Chris. Delighted to be here. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Could you be any uh, less sincere? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing as well. I thought that was pretty sincere. <laughs> I mean, I have ju- I have asked you before we've started recording, and I know. So, hey, just move on. Just move on. He's doing he's doing all right, by the way. Just to let everybody know. Um, Alan Edgar's on. <laughs> I guess worse every week. Uh, hello, I'm also very excited to be here. Should we script the opening? <laughs> I think we might need <laughs> to go to uh, an agreed format. Yeah. Uh, no, it's joking aside. It's it's great to have you here. You was. We're both at the game on Saturday, the semi-final. We don't have that on the rundown, but it'd be good to kind of get your kind of thoughts on it, Alan. Um, we talked about it on the agenda. If you're if you're just listening to the Cynic Weekly and you're not signed up for the Cynic, you can find out thecynic.co if you go to that website. We have podcasts uh, on a daily basis, and the agenda is the one that kicks off in the week. We'll still hear your thoughts, Alan. Chris, how are you feeling uh, after the game against Kilmarnock on Saturday? Um. Okay. The main thing you always take away from going to Hamden is how crap Hamden is as a stadium. But I think it was fine. You know, it was it was one of those kind of games you won and you you know you, you're, it's not a classic. You're never really going to kind of think back to it. Um, I didn't think we were ever in any danger per se. Um, pitch was horrific. Got soaked because I was in row F, I believe, which was fairly near the front. I. Um, <laughs> We deserved the win. It wasn't a classic game. Hamden's a dump. That's my review, basically. <laughs> uh, the rain was absolutely in- insane. Uh, Hamden itself, you, you, you're right, Alan. We talked about it a bit about it on the agenda. Just, it's just there's there's a lot of space there in regards to like the kind of the area, and it just doesn't seem like it's it's ever formatted right for kind of fans for the for the games. No, I, I don't think it is, um, and. I think Saturday is probably the worst, one of the worst ones I think I've experienced in terms of getting in and out of the stadium. Um, they just don't really, don't seem to do a lot to try and help fans and make it a kind of comfortable, you know, experience going. But I know aside from that, I thought probably similarly, uh, Samani, I kind of felt 
I felt the game was largely in hand for most of it. I think quite a lot of takes this week or you know, people's opinions maybe that it, you know, Kilmarnock were unfortunate, but I know they had when there's a goal in it and it goes towards late in the game, it's always a, an opportunity. But I felt we were more than good enough value to, to win the game and probably should have had it out of sight quite a bit earlier. Yeah. So um, you know, given the conditions it's just not, wasn't particularly pleasant for players either. Um it was a it really was a horrible day, but I thought we handled the occasion, you know, well and were quite professional and um yeah, probably for, forgettable semi final to be fair, but two 0 nice and comfortable. That'll do me. Um Happy with that. this is something for both of you. Um do you think Celtic have kind of um the potential if they played well at Hamden under Ange Postacoglu, essentially is what I'm asking. And we've not played a lot of games. We've what played three games there, four games there with the, the semi final final of the League Cup last season, the semi final against Rangers, and obviously the semi final. We've got the League Cup final coming up against Rangers as well. Huh. Have we, we've not really performed? We, we've been, <coughs> with the exception of the Rangers game, we've won, mm-hmm. but we've not really performed, have we? We've not, we've not put in a, a typical Ange performance if you will in terms of the football that we've seen us be able to play and we've always went with high hopes given the old adage about the pitch being you know all that space and, and you know that we could exploit teams on but we haven't we haven't done we haven't put on a, a performance or you know one with style and except in the the what do you call it the the rangers game i think we've been fairly comfortable in all of them though and i would take that any day of the week you know i'm not i'm not when you get to semi-finals and finals, obviously it's nice to put on a performance, but winning's the main thing. So um, it's not something I'm losing sleep over, Chris. Oh, Chris, Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, Alan, what about yourself? You know, um, Samani kind of nails the point that winning's the most important thing when it comes to semis and, and finals. But, you know, it, it, when I, I just, it doesn't feel like we've performed particularly... Not, we've not performed badly in any of these games, but I just I'm looking forward to Celtic just clicking from having that big. And this is a perfect time to do it against Rangers in a final. Let's click. Let's see some action. Yeah, I agree with that last point. I think the the semi final the the Scottish Cup last year kind of looms large, um, as it does when you you lose a derby game, um, especially at you know at Hamden a cup game. So I think we'll all. Um, I think if you win that game and. February the 26th then you look back at it and say actually our record at Hamden really good were effective considering teams sitting against us etc so mm. yeah I'm happy to um, kind of lay down that gauntlet and say let's um, let's remedy it in February 26th and 3 or 4 nothing will do me nicely you know, I, don't, I don't want to be greedy and that's fine um, <laughs> just in regard to the, the final itself um, we've got a lot of questions about you know Celtic's best 11 if the final itself was tomorrow and we're going to touch on that but how do you feel about playing Rangers in the final Chris? I mean, this time last week we were talking about forfeiting the League Cup, you know, give, giving up the League Cup, although we did immediately say it takes on an entirely different dimension if you end up getting Rangers in the final. And lo and behold, um, that's that's what's happened. How am I feeling about it? It's that payoff, isn't it? It's the gamble. Being a bit of a, a bit nervy, shall we say, about these games, I'd rather not play them in finals. But see, when you do play them and beat them in it, there's very little like it. Um, you think back to the last League Cup final between us and I think everybody would agree that we weren't at our sparkling best and in the balance of play we probably didn't deserve to win the game but that made it even sweeter when we did win it so you've got that you've got you're on you're basically on a knife edge it could be glorious and it, it could be really truly despairing so 
yeah, I, I'm normally somebody who would prefer <laughs> maybe in the semi-final or something like that, but there'll be other people who absolutely revel in it. I'm looking forward to it as much as you as much as you can look forward to it. Um, yeah. Because it, it is another platform and occasion that and should be wanting to put his mark on that game. You know, it's not just winning another trophy. It's winning a trophy against them. Um, you know, first one available of the season. So it should be a marker for the manager and the squad to say, we are the best team in this country, clearly. So let's see what happens. Um, Alan, you know, we kind of, again, as I mentioned, we, we mentioned it, discussed that bit on the agenda, but... Um, is it one of those where it's just it's an extra derby game? It's just maybe an extra little bit of pressure, but at the same time, these players should rise to that. Like pressure is the name of the game at Celtic. Yeah, I, th- I think I don't think we we will certainly be thinking about it a lot more, especially now. But more than four weeks away from it, and it looms large for us. <laughs> That's the nature of it. The players won't really be thinking about it until. You know the week of the game. You know maybe cast to be a high the week in advance, and then you get a, it's a slightly different build up to a final. But I think they'll relish it. That's you know the opportunity to go and lift a trophy at the national stadium is what people sign for big clubs for. Whatever country you're playing in, you get the opportunity to go and lift a trophy in front of fans. That's what it's about. So I think they'll um, I think they will relish it. But it feels like it's a long time away, and the players won't really be there yet. There's a lot of work to get there. I don't even think you start thinking about, you know, team selection, form, etc. until that time that you are kind of getting there. So um, a wee bit away yet to really worry about how the players will think about it. I think it will be at the back of their minds for quite some time, to be honest. Um, we've had a, num- a number of questions. I'm just going to read these questions out so uh, people get the benefit. Uh, Kieran McMillan, um, what, this is about the strongest 11. Um, what, in the panel's opinion, is our strongest 11? We seem to have a lot of really strong performers, but maybe also a few guys still struggling to hit the heights of last season. I don't think Ange's teams will ever have an absolute nailed-on starting lineup. but towards the end of last season, we had a decent idea of the best 11. This season, it seems impossible to tell, especially middle, <laughs> mid, middle to front. So if we were playing the League Cup final tomorrow and everyone was available, who would be your strongest 11? Tony McLaughlin also uh, sent in a message saying, given the new signings and their possibility of becoming first-team players and the debate whether or not Iwata will play in midfield or defence, what will be our lineup when we play Rangers? Um, well, he says on April the 8th, but let's just kind of focus it on the um, League Cup final. Um <coughs> It's interesting because there's a lot of players. We've got, you know, we, we did the transfer. We recorded the transfer committee, which will be available on Sunday. It was myself, Christian, Christopher Boud, and Ian Dugan. It was a really kind of in depth look at the squad and stuff. We've got a lot of players, um, a lot of players in very specific positions. If you look at, um, well, centre back is certainly starting to become a little bit more. Um, have certain more options, and we'll, we'll certainly talk about uh, the game against St Mirren coming up, Chris. Is there what is there debate from your point of view? Talk us through your. Oh, let's start with the defense. Is the defense kind of cut and dry if everyone's fit? <laughs> Alan's putting his arm around his homework like oh, I'm going to copy. Hiding my answer sheet. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if you're talking about the back four, everybody being fit for me, the only question mark would be whether or not you're still pissed off with Juranovic. <laughs> you know, for me. Wait, let's do one with Juranovic and without Juranovic. Like, I'm available and without him available because we're still in the middle of the window. Oh, no, he's still here, so you, you gets me face. as available, whether you pick him or not is different. Okay. I'm not picking two different teams based on if he's here or if he's not here. I mean, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It is a fair point. Thank you. <laughs> well, 
It's just a game. <laughs> Sorry, I never, I never expected you to back down that quickly, to be honest. <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all gone very quiet with regards to him moving on, so there's part of me thinks that he might stay. So, Really? I, 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 until the summer, yeah. Uh, I, weirdly, I'm kind of getting that feeling as well. So why did you act so surprised <laughs> when I said it then? Because I, I don't think a lot of people agree with me, is the point. I, not everything's about you, Chris, all right? So other people have so points of view. Big deep breath here, big deep breath, lads. Hart. We'll sort this out later, pal. Hart, Juranovic, Starfelt, Carter Vickers, Gregory Taylor. Gregory? Jesus. Um, I don't even know if that's his... Alan, has he copied you, essentially, I'm asking? He has, I. I spot on. <laughs> no, I think there is a, a discussion, obviously, depending on, you know, how Johnston gets on, whether he really makes a position his own, but I think you look at Juranovic's body of work over a longer period um, and his performance at Hamden on Saturday and it probably does say to you that you know it, it's not a criticism of Johnston to say that you probably think and if Janovic is still here that he probably is still first choice right back because you know he has a, he's an exceptional fullback. He, I mean he really is and you know it's kind of getting to the point where when he's here maybe just play him at right back Oh, yeah, that would that's that's not as outrageous a suggestion as you made it sound like there. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like yeah, like okay, ah, okay. Well, we'll come to it. So midfield, Alan, um, your midfield three, and then Chris, you can see if he's copying you in a way. Okay. Cal <laughs> um, Mac, Rio Hatati, and here we go. I think just on form just now, I would go Aaron Moy. Um, and genuinely, Alan from three months ago is screaming at me saying, "What are you talking about?" Exactly. I'm jumping down my own throat, but. He's he's just playing he's playing really well just now. Um, he does have you know limitations. I think we do play slightly differently when he's in the team. But I, th- I just you know if Matt O'Reilly gets back to the form that he showed earlier in the year, which he might well do, um, and he's he is going to be longer term a much better option for us than you pick him. Um, and he might you know when February twenty sixth come round, it might not even be a debate again. But on current form, Aaron Moy's just playing like a really accomplished player, and he's a very I think he's a really positive influence in the team at the moment. Um, I agree. And I think <clears throat> sometimes we do have a tendency in games against Rangers. Um, it, it can be quite a big occasion and it can... Sometimes it maybe feels like we we don't quite get there. Um, and I know that seems bizarre to say, but sometimes in these, you know, we think about the game last year, we think about some of the way we've started games against Rangers... I think it might not be, it wouldn't be a crazy suggestion to have that bit of experience, that can and influence to just kind of see us through. So, yeah, on current form, Moy, but with the big caveat that that could very, very quickly turn around and change. Yourself, Chris? Exact same. I mean, I think everybody would acknowledge we're talking about picking a team for the end of February, you know, in, the middle, change, of in, in the middle of January. I mean, there's... <laughs> it's, right, it's if it was tomorrow, so... If it's the, tomorrow. I don't know if you made that clear. Maybe you did, Chris. I don't know. It's <laughs> really, really chippy, isn't it? I'm not going to pick a fight over this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, on on form at the moment, it would be McGregor, Hitati, uh, and Moy. O'Reilly, you know, fantastic player, you know, might find himself back in the team. And then I suppose the other question mark is Iwata as well, because... Um, by all accounts, he looks an accomplished football player as well. He was on the bench. Mm-hmm. I thought... I initially thought that we would get to see him and then I was led to believe that he would be a few months before he was there but it seems as if manager says he's working hard so you know he might come in and have the same sort of impact that Hitati did so 
you know, there are other options, there are other potentials, but if the game was tomorrow, Moyes it. Um, I think Ange is very cute with how he says stuff when people ask about availability and stuff. Like, Awata, he's working away, he's really hard. You know, it could be a couple of months, could be a couple of weeks. We don't quite know yet. He'll end up playing against Morton. Like, do you know what I mean? That's. I think that would be good. We need a, a kind of hard worker in there. You know, a part rafter. Gra- <laughs> Grafter. <laughs> Wait, see, see when you explain it, mate. I know, it's a killer, isn't it? We had this... I thought it before the pod, and I was just looking to really see how we were the first available opportunity. Claire was Claire and Alan were talking about tennis, and uh, Pat Rafter and Alan's eyes uh, lit up because he was like, "I'm going to use that on the podcast," and he did. To be fair to him, he, he nailed it. Well, I'm getting back to the. We, we should really just script the whole thing. It would be much easier, <laughs> probably more entertaining. Um, Chris, your front three uh, for playing just tomorrow. Um, this is a little bit tougher. It is, and there are options there. Um, I think, and again, you, you you mentioned earlier, Alan of six months ago would be, you know, shouting at yourself. You know, Chris of three months ago would be shouting himself, but I would have Maeda on the left. Um, there was a period of time where his form really, really dipped. Um, people questioning him, and I think that happened to the tail end of last season. You had some people saying, do we need to take the option on him when he was on loan? So it might be that Maeda does, goes through fits and starts and he's a bit patchy, but Really, you know, he, he, he kind of set the tone properly at Tynecastle, and um, ever since then, he's just, I, I just think he's been on, on, on fantastic form. Yeah. As has Kyogo. Um, again, we've questioned both him and Jack and Marcus and their ability and potential with the, you know, certainly at Europe, because we've always wanted the club to kick on, and there's question marks over whether or not um, he's got the ability. I still think they exist. But the rich vein of form he's in, goal-scoring form just now, just means that I don't think there is a question between the two of them, especially as Jack Amakis looks as if he's probably off ski anyway. But for me, that's that's a simple one with Kyogo in the middle. And then on the right, it's Jota for me, still Jota. Even though I think he's better on the left, I always would want Jota in the team, you know, because of what he's capable of, you know, the the, the magic he's capable of. and it's, do... it's funny, can I jump in for a second? It's just for quite funny how you said that, and I think you speak for a, a lot of us. I would always want Jota in the team, whereas it, it just seems like he should be so nailed on. Do you know what I mean? Like, because, you know, we paid a lot of big outlay on him, how good he was last season. Um, and, and for you to use that language, which, again, I think most of us would use, is just, it's quite interesting how it's kind of, you know, not everything is plain sailing. Is the point? Yeah, and I, but I think wide wide players quite often are mercurial, just in terms of up and down. Um, Jota as well. We are accommodating Maeda's form to an extent if we're talking about this, because Jota's far more effective on the left hand side. We saw, I, we saw I, against Sydney. I, I, I just think I, I think that's where Jota flies and. Uh, you know, all things being equal form-wise, I would have Jota on the left in front of Maeda. But at the current moment, I think that Jota, even on the right, is ahead of Abada and Forrest for me. And you need to take advantage of Maeda's current form um, at the moment. Haxabanovic is a player who's got a lot of talent, but he's just out of the mix just now. So that would be definitely be my, my, my front three, just on the basis of where they are just now. It would be Maeda, Kyogo and Jota. Alan, your thoughts? To be honest, I, th- I think it is nailed on with those three. Um, I think the only one that, you, you know, Leila Bada's record against Rangers is exceptional and you wouldn't have any issues throwing him in. 
But if you're picking a starting, I think it is those three. And Haksibanovic has shown he's got real talent, but he's never cemented his place. I know he was really, really good prior to the World Cup, but where exactly you play him, I don't think anyone knows exactly where his best position is yet. Um, so I, I think it is, to be honest, I think Jota, Maida, will go if they're all fit and if they are on form. I think the three of them play every week. And I, I do agree. I think, to be honest, when it, it doesn't matter who we're playing. I think one of the first names you look for in the team sheet is Jota because, look, it's an entertainment. You know, if you go to Celtic Park, I think you feel more confident that you're going to, you know, see a bit of magic, you know, a, a little bit of ingenuity. Just, you know, he's, he's a player... I think he's a player people like to watch, whether you know whether his overall contribution and performance is there every single game. You know that's a, a different debate, but he is one of the first names you look for on a team sheet, no, no doubt. I mean, <clears throat> what I would say about that is, I, I, I agree with all your points. Jota, obviously, the goal he scored against Rangers, uh, the last goal was exceptional. You know, really sort of an, an amazing, amazing goal. I just don't feel yet that Jota has. Sh- not that he's not shown up as in he's played badly against Rangers, but I'm just waiting for him to do something really, really kind of exceptional. Am I, am I asking? I mean, for f- I mean, the last game at Celtic Park, he did score one that's of what, the no, that's best what, goals that's I've ever seen against the, Rangers. That's literally what I just said. I know, but then you're saying we've not seen the best of him. I, I think. I, just, yeah. I, don't, I, th- I think that's. I th- is that, how's how's that unfair to say that he's not? We've not seen. Oh, do you know what the two years Celtic podcaster has it in for Jota. I'm just waiting for him to do something really, really special. Again. Point, and I, I think. Okay. <laughs> Once again. Do it a life at this time, son. I think you're, I think you're being a wee bit. I, I know overall. I, I just mean but like do something. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, he's um, backing down. He's realised. He's realised. It's sort of Cameron not, Carter Vickers thing when you forgot to put him in your top 10. No, no. Well, don't tell people that. <laughs> what was that behind the paywall? I was behind the paywall. <laughs> No, no. Well, well, genuinely, what I mean is, like, I think Jota's an exceptional player, and I just don't think he's um, done. He's not had that kind of game against them where he kind of not controls the game, but just does something really special. Just takes it to a narrow <laughs> angle and lobs the keeper. Now he's not, he's not done that. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not really, doing myself you know, any. You're just going to have to. You're just going to have to back down in this one. Yeah, you're miles off, son. Haksabanovic. Uh, I know you mentioned him there, Chris. What's your thoughts on him? Um. Potentially very good, but the problem we've got is he's well. There's talented players in front of him, which has meant that um, he's not been able to just kind of waltz into the side. And then obviously there's been some niggling injuries, so he's we've probably not been able to see the best of Haksabanovic. There have been signs that we've seen from him though that he's potentially a very special <coughs> footballer, and sometimes. Sometimes it's easy to forget, you know, that he's at the club and that you know he's got that potential there. I've got high hopes for. I shouldn't have said that, man, because that just is the kiss of death. Any time I say that, I've got high hopes for a Vander Snow at Celtic. <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, uh, I know. Um, but <laughs> I think I've said that about forty players in the Vob and crap, so I probably shouldn't have said that. But genuinely, generally speaking, he is a guy who you can see is very, very talented footballer. As much as we've got. You know, Richie's across that front three. You know, he looks like somebody that could, uh, you know, cut open a defence. Mm-hmm. You know, that wee, yeah. wee bit of special magic. You know, that other players that can do that, but it just seems as if it's more natural to him. So I'm hopeful that we'll see more of him and that he'll maybe put his stamp on the team going forward because he's been a wee bit unfortunate just with the form of other players and, you know, he, he, his own fitness. He doesn't start for me just now, but, you know, when we're bringing on substitutes and his, his number goes up, 
you know, much like you said about Jota, that excites you mm-hmm. because you think he could do something special. See, he's far more like Jota than he is. Like, so you've got Abada and you've got Maida who yeah. are quick and run in behind <clears> and Forrest obviously the same. There's just something about Haksabanovic that has grabbed me from the start. I just, it's that kind of unlocking, yeah. that kind of yeah. uh, the, answering the question, I guess, Al. It's that, I think the, the issue for Haksabanovic has been, as Chris says, the, the niggly injuries, but also it's been kind of integrating them into the team. There's, I don't, don't think anybody that... You know, likes to think they've got a decent opinion in football, watches Haxbanovic and questions his technical ability or his ability to do special things with the ball. But integrating him into the system and finding his unique place has been a little bit trickier. It it looks to me more like a player that would enjoy a slightly freer role playing across the front. You know, maybe I, I, I I really would like to see him centrally, but I presume the reason he's not been used in there is because there's a lot that you need to do defensively it's a lot more disciplined than you know playing wider even though there is a, a real discipline to that so he looks like a player that's just struggling to find that natural position in our setup. but there's no doubt in his technical ability and I think when we are playing against teams particularly that do sit deep at Celtic Park or teams that are really sitting in I think he's one of the ones you look at and think you need him because he is very good at you know unpicking you know tight defences I think we all think back to that Ross County game just that little bit of magic he's there's no doubt his ability, but he's, he's same for me. He's not quite a starter yet. Yeah, and injuries as well. So uh, you know, it's a good point you make, Haksabanovic. I don't see a pattern after when I see Haksabanovic, and see, that's a problem. See what happens. <laughs> it's gone. It's very good. That's how it happens. Um, great questions to kind of open up the the pod. Um, Celtic. We're not going to. You know, there's obviously a uh, Cho has uh, kind of keeps going back and forth like tennis. Also at tennis. Um, and we've been linked with uh, Oh Hyung Yu, uh, who's at um, the Suwon Samsung Blue Wings with South Korean. But I, I think that was more of a like a kind of report about player Celtic have been interested in mm. uh, rather than Celtic actually making kind of contact or anything. Um, Ange has made it kind of clear yesterday. Uh, his quotes from the, the press conference after the game, just on Georges Giacomakis, um I see no reason. So he was asked about you know Gigi being available for the weekend coming up against Morton. Um, will it will he be available? I see no reason why not. I just deal with what's in front of me, and until I'm told otherwise or something significant happens, he was here tonight, mate. So you could have asked me your you could have asked him yourself. He's still very much part of our setup. I'm not playing duck and ducks and drakes, which is a phrase I've never heard of in my entire life. Um, he would have been involved if he wasn't injured. Jack Masson. Jack Marcus and Carter Vickers pulled up sore from the weekend at a stretch. Jacko might might be available for Saturday. Cam probably will be, but we'll probably still rest him for Saturday, um, even though it's nothing significant. Bernabai, I just thought I'd rest him tonight because he's had two big games. He'll be back in on Saturday. Um, and as ever, holds his cards close to his chest regarding Gigi and uh, obviously the Monza seem to have backed out of the Juranovic any sort of interest they had uh, they've, they've, they've signed the uh, Marcy right back uh, Paul Lerolil. Um in regards to Gigi Juranovic he still surprised there's been no kind of move like it seemed like this week was maybe the week that you know, uh, Giacomacus certainly was going to go Samani I mean it did just with the speculation it seemed it ramped, it ramped up this week quite significantly. Yeah, it, I, I think it did, especially with Jack and Marcus. It, I think it went a wee bit kind of kind of died down a wee bit with Juranovic. You know, I mean, 
you were going through the stages where you were thinking, right, he's definitely going to go. Who's going to go to? You know, linked with Monza, and then you were you know, you're getting linked with series other teams, and the fee was low, and you're just thinking it's just mental. Um, and then that seems to have died down. Whereas Giacomakis, his comments after the game against Kilmarnock as well, you know, it just seemed as if it was going to happen. But at the same time, as much as it seems as if he wants to go, it's maybe similarly to Cho. He, he, you know, he might, he might, if, if he's been told he can go, it might be that he's waiting for the right offer. You know, the, the it might be money for Giacomakis, and there's nothing wrong with it. If he's been linked with clubs in Japan and things, it might simply be, I'm 28, how long have I got left? It, you know, playing in Holland and then playing for Celtic, being, you know, top scorers, still not going to be on mega money. So the next move that he wants to make is probably going to be the one that kind of sets him up after football. Fine. But that might be why there's a lot of speculation going on. I don't think, see if he knows that he can go, he might not be as bothered. Do you know what I mean? Not be, I have to leave just now. So he's playing his cards close to his chest. But with the two of them at one point this month, I would have said they're definitely going to go. I'm not so sure now. I just think that circumstances might mean that doesn't happen. I think both of them, if they don't go now, will go in the summer. But at the same time, if they've got the blessing from the club to go, and I would assume Juranovic definitely does because we brought Johnston in and we're being linked with other strikers, I think they'll take their time and pick the right club for them. So, And uh, that, that just with the way that things are going, it just makes me think that it may or may not happen. But then teams get more desperate as the window goes on, so something could come in that's fairly big. I don't know. We've all kind of just accepted that it's happening, but we're now on the 19th of, of January. Um, Alan and... Yeah, Ange just seems to be... He's here. He's not leaving at this point. You know, can you foresee something happening within the next week or so, you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably still... If I had to come out, I would probably say I think both will still go. Um, because I think they're good. First and foremost, they're really talented players and they seem to be available for, you know, fairly achievable transfer fees yeah um obviously from our side of that there's maybe a you know a bit of surprise but i think they're two good players um it is a slow window and the market is changing a lot between the january window and the summer window now it's becoming quite clear that clubs are trying to kind of similar to what we are doing they're trying to really kind of do business better and i think that idea of clubs there will always still be clubs rushing around but i think clubs are trying to be a little bit more responsible in how they, you know, spend and how they recruit. So it is a bit different that that trend of January windows is certainly continuing. Um, but I, I, mean, I still think they're, they're two talented players. And I, I think as well, just on Gigi from Angie's comments, I, I had absolutely no reason to dispute that either. That, you know, if he'd be saying he was at the stadium last night, but you would have to be really, really far down the line with a move to give a player, um, you know, permission to not, take part in a match day squad you would need to be you would need to have a fee agreed and you would need the player to be at the medical stage before you said nah it's fine you don't need to take part and I think particularly this Celtic team just now he is a player who might well be there you don't just say nah it's fine you don't need to bother with this game a league game that that doesn't happen unless you are quite far down the road and it it doesn't appear that that's the case so I think it will rumble on a bit yet but I, I do think 
I think teams would be a bit remiss if they if they didn't have a you know a goal with either of them because there's certainly teams out there that could do with a goal scoring forward and you know a, a very very inventive right back. I think the <clears throat> the big thing is, uh, and we talk about this on the transfer committee, which is available if you sign up for the cynic.co, It's available on Sunday, um, but we talk about how essentially no one's really spending money outside of England, like in regards to money and football and you know these kind of big transfer fees and. They're just not maybe what we're used to. Um, Kevin Nisbet's been mentioned. Uh, I think mm, it, did not see that in the rundown. He did not. Did not see, see that on the agenda. Yeah, I just you know I think he's I think he's a really good player. I think he's a, a talented striker. I don't want him anywhere near Celtic. I just don't think he is good enough to lead the. Uh, the point I, I put a tweet out on Twitter under the. the the cynic banner and it was essentially anyone that comes in really I want to anyone that we bring in I want to be at a stage where they're challenging for every single player so the guy who comes in to replace Gigi I want him to be able to pressure Kyogo the guy who comes in for Matt O'Reilly or comes in for whoever comes in you know Johnson you know I want every single position every player to be challenged we can talk about how when Patrick Roberts came up here he came up here with some great fanfare and what that did to James Forrest is it kind of lit a fire under him and it brought out some of his best ever form Kevin Isbitt's not a player that Celtic too expensive all the stuff it's the fee for me I I, I do like Nisbet. I think Nisbet's a, a good player I don't think he's better than either Kyogo or Jackie Marcus though um, he's different as well do you know what I mean it's not yeah. they're not the same players but I suppose what I would be wanting to do is if you're bringing another forward in, it would be somebody who you're comfortable, is either able or has the potential to make a difference in Europe. I don't think it nisbets that. See, if you were paying £500,000, a million pound or something for somebody who's in and around the squad, you know, can do different Probably things. Probably give you 10 goals, 12 goals a season with the t- opportunities he gets, you I'm, know. I'm led to believe he's a Celtic fan as well, so, you, you know... That's got an importance as well, you know, because obviously he's going to come, he's going to be playing the, you know, for, for his boyhood club and whatever. But the money that Hibs will want and the profile of striker that we are probably looking for, it just doesn't work out for me. So he's a guy who, under the right circumstances, if he came to Celtic, I wouldn't have any problem with it. But I don't think the circumstances, the are, circumstances right. are right. He's also someone who probably Alan couldn't play any other position other than striker. No, I, I think he is a he is a striker. And I think just the the point that just to add to it, I, I like Nisbet a lot. I think wherever yeah. he goes, I think he'll score goals because he's he has that ability to make things happen, and that is quite it can be quite rare in players. I think you seen his goals last weekend. Just his movement's excellent. Man. Just really long good. ball into him, make holds it up, turns, shoots, and it's a goal. It's it's. It's quite rare, you know, how high a level he can do it just to be debated, but he will score goals. I just don't think it would be a stylistic fit, as Samani says, like profile. I don't think we need someone that can... I don't think he, that's the type of player you're looking for. I think we're looking for someone that can link and then move. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily what Nisbet does. He is a bit more... Um, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of magic, you know, can either side but I just don't think I think we've got creativity I don't think we're looking for someone to it's going to sound but you're not looking for someone to to do what he does at Hibs you need him to perform a role and be a little bit more functional I think at Hibs he's got a much more bigger responsibility we don't need someone to take on huge responsibility other than scoring goals which in itself is but you 
you're looking for someone to play the system a bit better. And I just don't know if that's nice. But I think if we had, a, if we two years ago, three years ago, absolutely I would have taken him. Um, because the way we played at that time, Andy was younger. Now he is under contract. Hibs, it's, it's not going to be a cheap let me, deal. Let me, let me jump in though. Like, see if the, it was a £1 million signing. Mm-hmm. Would you be more amenable to it? I just I don't think at this point with the way we play I don't think he's a good fit um, and that's it's weird saying that because a good player is a good player but I just don't think that's what you want I think we are looking for look a at Turnbull Turnbull's a good player and we keep yeah, talking absolutely. about him not being a good fit and, and bringing and kind of Scottish talent you know the, whether it's young Scottish talent or kind of you know that you know age that he's at now. I think there is a role for that, and we are going to have you know a bit of a problem down the line in terms of that Scottish talent. But I, I just don't think he ticks the boxes for me. Um, but I think he will do well wherever he goes. Um, I'd like to see him move outside of the league, ideally, because you know that's one of those ones that I'm, I'm assuming Rangers aren't linked to him. But he's one of those ones. If he went there, you know he would score goals. So I would like to see him kind of move out the league and you know get himself a good move. I, I just don't think it's a fit for us. Yeah. <sighs> I would, I would agree, although, and maybe I, I could concede the fact that stockpiling players has been a problem for us in the past, past but see if you were saying it was a million quid, you know, I don't think, I don't think he would be a range type player, but if he made the decision up to Gigi's me and it was a Jack, million quid, Jack Jack Amakis, Jack Amakis doesn't seem to be an range type player either. So and he scored goals for Celtic mm-hmm. and he's he's been really important. So I think some, sometimes he came I do- here he would score goals. I don't. But it's about look, not to go back to last week. But we sit and we talk a lot about and like you said at the start of this first Champions League group stage game next year. Who's your team going to be? Yeah. And I don't think anybody is sitting here. And it's yeah. not a criticism of Kevin Nisbet because I really think he's a good player. Also, I'm not sure if we are even getting interested in him. But I'm not. Yeah. I just don't think if. If you go to Celtic Park, our first game's at home, it's against whoever, and that was the name in the team sheet. I don't think anybody would think we have progressed or moved forward. And that sounds really harsh, it sounds really critical. Maybe it is, but I just think, I think you've got, my personal sights are set a little bit higher in terms of his moving on to that next level. Squad depth, things like that, maybe but I don't think it would be a good move for him because I don't think he would get the game time that a player has quality needs. And I don't think it would be a good fit for us just now. I think he's a really good player. I agree with all your points. I also think he's a guy who has got 10 caps and probably looks at playing for Scotland as a big thing, kind of like David Turnbull as well. And so I don't think he wants to go and not play because he's not, with all due respect, he's not going to usurp um, Kyogo. You know, he's not going to get that number nine jersey for Celtic um, or, or maybe he would maybe he'll completely blow us all away if, if we ever did sign him but I can't see it myself great player like him a lot I'd like to see him leave the league as well mm-hmm. wink do you know what I mean like let's wink let's, <laughs> I don't want him to sign for Rangers it's a point alright that, that, <laughs> he is I think he's at, he's at that kind of level of player that you he, don't necessarily want him here but you wouldn't want him going to yeah. Rangers because I think maybe that is that's probably the best way you can put it. You know, he fits into that category of players over the years that you would rather he didn't sign there because you know that wherever he goes, he will score goals. And if you get the right fit with him, he could really be a really good striker. I just don't think it's for us. Absolutely. Um, we've got. A, let's move on to the. Uh, so, so wait a minute. Let's back up now, right? So <laughs> they put a bid in for him. Are you changing your mind and saying, "Nah, nah, 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 nah"? Come on, we need to get him. Absolutely. Purely that's fine. There we go. Yes, um, I do that. I do that for most players. Um, in regards to let's let's move on. 
Let's move on to the the game last night. We got some uh, questions around uh, some of the players. Um, but what did you make of last night, Chris? Pleasantly surprised. Before the game, talking to a few pals, I'd said take a one nil one. It's tomorrow night's about. It's just about getting the three points on board. That wasn't so much to do with the fact that they they beat us. You know that was different circumstances. Obviously, it was in Paisley. It was just. You know, they're kind of setting up three centre-halves, really stodgy, you know, fairly well-organised side. Um, freezing cold, Wednesday night, crowd's not going to be 100%, 100% there. You're thinking this is one that could be a bit of a chore. But yeah. very quickly, um, it was pretty apparent that it wasn't going to be like that. I thought we played really well. Nice creative stuff at times. Some fantastic goals. Um, just, you know, it just... just uh, does it, it just rewards for um, again, venturing out in those conditions? So no, no, I thought I, I, I was really pleasantly pleased with it last night. Yourself, Alan? Yeah, I, th- I thought um, I thought Celtic played really well last night, and I think probably I think we all had it chalked down as a yeah maybe slightly drab two 0 You might have the kind of the potential that it could be a late winner type, but I think we I thought we were excellent. I thought we were really comfortable. I don't think anyone was outstanding. But we played some really nice stuff. And that's not to, because we scored a great goal. The pass from Hattati is sublime. But it just did look like a team that was playing well within themselves, but still a huge, huge gulf. And, you know, bluntly, that's what you're hoping to see. You know, we are you know, man for man better than any side in the country. Um, but it was it's, sometimes it doesn't shake out like that. But I think last night, that's exactly what you've seen. Just really good, really comfortable. Um, and... Just some really nice goals. I, th- I thought there was some real moments of magic, and as Samani says, those that went along were, were richly rewarded. Um, we did a reaction, um, myself, Lorenzo, and Annabelle. That is available on the cynic.co. Um, we do reactions to all the games, so check it out. I uh, got some questions uh, regarding some of the players who played last night. Um, so this is from Liam. Um, he says, Hi, team. Hope you're well. Wondered if I could get the weekly thoughts on Abada. Could uh, good discussion on him on the reaction, uh, which mainly covered whether his inconsistency was worth it for the output. But I actually think he's been more consistent recently. He seems to be using the ball better in between chances rather than just scoring, assisting, and doing nothing in between. What do you guys think? Um, it's, a, it's a good point. I think Abada has been very inconsistent over his, his time here. He's shown flashes of genuine unbelievable quality and also there are times when he's drifted off is he getting a little bit more consistency for you Chris? Um, <laughs> I mean I've been fairly clear on a bad eyes you know I've written him off and then made, been made to eat my words by some of those moments of magic that you've talked about even if he has it's not been that I mean I maybe did notice it a bit last night but it's, you I know, thought he performed well I thought he performed well yesterday yeah but it's maybe not in terms of his consistency getting better it's maybe not been to the levels that I've noticed or maybe I'm just being harsh I still think he doesn't do enough to occupy that third um, position across the front three for us I just think I, I, I just I don't know I just want the player that plays there to do more Um and you, even, want, you want him to be a, 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 a Pat Rafter? I think he is. I, I think he is, to be fair. I think he's a very hard worker. I'm not going to say it again because I don't want to... I just wanted to use it. Nah, I don't want to rip the arse out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody that goes for a pint with me in the next month is going to hear that plenty. It's, it's a Pat Rafter. It's, it's going to be the new, uh, what do you call that, uh, Jeezy Peeps. Uh, oh, that's, Jesus. That's, oh, that's oh, we've had enough of that. Come on. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, hey. 
and well enough for that. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I, no, <laughs> for me, we are bad at no. He does, he's still not doing enough. Now he's still young and all the caveats that were said a million times and maybe I'm purposely not noticing it. That he's Sometimes when you have a player and you've got like, you can have blind spots on player. I think I've got a bit of a blind spot on Abada because, yeah, I'm a bit like you. I'm, I'm still quite... I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, his finish yesterday was excellent. Oh, it was. <laughs> really, really it, good, man. It really was. It really was. I'm yet to be convinced that... You know, you're saying he's young and he can develop, you know. I'm yet to be convinced that he can become, you know, a, a, you know, a, a good enough, develop the qualities that he should have at this age to become the right-sided forward that I think that we need. I agree. For me, yeah. he's a guy who's less likely to work. Oh, Alan, Alan's got his wee fingers, his wee fingers are going on the table. Drifting in from the right. I'll let him speak, see what he thinks. But I'm, I'm, I'm yet to, I'm not convinced. I, I'm on, uh, yeah, I get it. No, I, I'm not going to change your mind. I know that because obviously you've set your stall out. But no, no, no. I, 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 I think I think his finish was great yesterday. I think I get why thingy. I just don't think he's consistent. No, I, I think I, I don't think that's in debate. I think though, if, if we're moving the discussion on on to what his future will be, I think the upside is really, really there for Abada. I, I think he's extremely frustrating. I think he is inconsistent. Although I probably do agree on the whole that. I think those really, really awful kind of performances that we've seen from him, you know, the kind of Aberdeen away type where he was just, you know, it just looked miles off it. You know, Champions League was a bit of a struggle this year. But I think generally, I think you start to see now that I think the work rate is there, but I think he's not thrown in those really bad, bad performances. But that's not what you want from a winger. What you want is someone who's really high upside. And I think at his age... You'd struggle, I think, to think of a a player of that age as a winger in, in recent history with that kind of output. And he will get better. He will become more consistent. He'll become more experienced. I think sometimes we credit him because he's he, he's instinctive and he's good when he thinks quickly and you know sometimes just hits it. But I think actually over time, he will start to then improve on both sides of the game. Now, you don't know whether that's development. It's not linear. It's not necessarily going to be he is going to get twice as good or anything like that but generally players will improve and especially wingers so I I think there's high upside there and I think I wouldn't be surprised if he is still here two three years time if you are looking at him and saying yeah it's kind of thinking back to these discussions thinking how did we not see it because the output's there everything but that when you're there at Celtic Park and he's really really poor and he's thrown you, you don't think like that you're not thinking where's he going to be in two years you're just thinking about he's not he's not at it today I think you do take a step back you look at that output at his age I think I think you stick with him absolutely but I, I agree he's not a starter at the moment I don't no dispute over that he's the parts of uh, his game that come natural to him are exceptional you know in terms of his finishing at times and the way that you know, he's able to lose his marker and drift in and things like that. It really can be exceptional. But he's got a lot of work to do to bring the rest of his game up to make, to, to, to bridge that gap because you talked about Aberdeen away, other games. When he's not doing that, yeah. But see, you just don't want him anywhere near the pitch. Alan, you said there, and it's a, it's a good point, you know, two or three years' time, because he is still a very young man. Two or three years' time, we'll be sitting thinking, I can't believe we had that opinion of him mm. in regards to him being raw. And I guess that's just the evolution of watching a player kind of not only grow as a player, but kind of grow up. Um, 
at the club. But do you think he'll be here that long? Because, you know, the reason Gigi isn't, you know, we can talk about why Gigi wants to leave all night long and we'll all have different kind of theories, but Gigi really wants to be the number nine and he wants to mm-hmm. start every game. Is there going to become a point maybe sooner rather than later where Abada says, like, I want to play every week? I think I think he'll be frustrated with his game time this year, given what he contributed last year. And I think last year it was a, it was rotation and he was probably, he was highly favoured in that. Whereas this year, I mean, the emergence of kind of Maeda and particularly at the moment, you can't, it's almost like we can't think outside of this moment. We think from now until June, Dyson Maeda will start every week. But I think you do need to think, actually think back to prior to the World Cup. I think we were a little bit frustrated with Maeda and we thought actually he needs taken out of the team. And I think you will see that between now and the end of the season. Players will drop in, they'll drop out. I think there, there is continual rotation. And I think I, I, it's kind of hard to imagine that he won't see significant game time between now and the end of the season. Agree, so yeah. um, whether he'll be here two and a half years, that's up to him. If he if he was to continue the form that he showed at his best, probably not. But given that limited game time, I don't think, I don't think teams would be thinking, right, we'll take a look at him just now because he's well under contract and it'd be a significant fee. I, I don't see that. But, you know, between now and the season, a lot of football to be played. And I, th- I think he'll get more than enough game time. So I think he's one to come back to, but I, I'm sticking with him. I like him a lot. Chris? He's the sort of player that, I mean, I'd maybe disagree in terms of other clubs looking at him. See, in terms of his output and his, his numbers, he's maybe a money ball type player. Um, in terms of clubs looking at what he's, being able to produce at this stage of his career and, you know, his first move abroad, all those things thinking we can iron out the, you know, the other, the, the deficiencies in his game. And again, I mean, it's not a stick on, but if we, they came in with a, a fairly significant offer for him. Say like a mid-table Premier League, lower table Premier League club came in and offered seven, eight million pounds or something like that. You know, it, there's a conversation to have, like if you're sticking with him, like Alan, you know, is he going to be worth more than that in two or three years? Or if you're asking me, I would say he's the money the new. Um, there is a potential for a guy with a bad as skill set and what he's done so far for somebody to come in and take a punt on him. I do, I genuinely do think that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm really loath to go hard and completely write him off because. And the minute I do that, it'll become brilliant. So I'll do it. He's done. He's done. Get rid of him. He's, he's garbage. You're doing it. You're, if, he could just, good. Uh, if he could just play against Barisic every week, <laughs> just life would be so much fucking easier for him. Um, we've got another couple of questions as well regarding, um, and they're kind of relevant to the game yesterday. Uh, one is relevant because he didn't play. Um, and said about Bernabai, how Bernabai yep. um, was given a rest. Uh, Paddy Biggins um, asks, Bernabai hasn't impressed lately. Or on Saturday, he is still young and clearly has potential. Do we persevere with him, or do we do we potentially put him out on loan for the remainder of the season? Um, I mean, he's our only left back at this point, <laughs> Paddy. Um, uh, Paddy's been been sending in some really really great questions. Um, so it's an interesting one in regards to Bernabai because I sat. Oh, I think what was my seat S or whatever. So I was like really quite close to the, the pitch. And in the second half, Bernabai was literally right in front of us. And he he, he struggled. I mean, he, he struggled in, in that game, I, I thought. Um, I don't think he, he wasn't horrendous, but he just kind of struggled. And, you know, he was being targeted. I, I, I do wish he was literally sitting right in front of you, to be honest, on Saturday. 
I, I would have loved that. What do you mean? But well, we've only been on the pitch. You've you've killed that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, no, no. Uh, asking what you mean actually makes the joke. Yeah, I think he's he had a tough day on Saturday. I think you're being polite saying he didn't have a stinker. No, what I was trying to say was, I was trying to be polite. I, I he, he just wasn't very good. He kept giving the ball yeah, away. He looked under it. pressure. Um, he's someone you know. That was the, the semi final and the game before that against Kamara at the same opposition. He wasn't particularly good on the Saturday. Uh, no one's writing him off because it's his first six months. Oh, so Manny's doing his wee head thing. Um, so a, who? <laughs> oh, the left back that I wanted to punt. Eh? Um, well, but, but you know, um, Paddy says, you know, should we put him in loan? I don't think we can because we've only got one left back currently fit, which is him. If, you know, Juranovic might be away, which means, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can't I get, I get it, what Paddy's saying in regards to actually giving him time to, you know, yeah. game time and stuff. But You can't do it right now, obviously. Right, but I think his performance on Saturday led to the manager giving him a rest on Wednesday night. Um, he was that bad, wasn't he? I was, I was being polite. I thought, miles, he was, I thought he was fucking terrible. He's miles short. He's miles short. And I mean, you know, you make those excuses, and even a few months ago, you're thinking, you know, you'll be able to accommodate him at games at home. You know, there'll be teams that we're not on the, we're, we're really not going to be in the back foot that you'll be able to kind of play him and bring him forward and things like that. See, now you're just thinking, he's not good enough. For the, he's not going to. He's not He's not good enough for the first team, and I'm definitely not writing him off. I, you can't write him off. You know, a young Argentinian guy, what, 21, 22, um, limited game time, you know, yeah. y- you can't write him off. But all things being equal, if you had the resources and, and the players, you know, if you got them the right loan move, then you wouldn't be against that because you would want him to learn positioning, learn how to defend, you know, various things like that, you know, he, he looked under possession. Pre- on Saturday. I'm, I'm he- actually just going to list all aspects of being a left back here, but even his passing, when to release the ball, you know, there's a lot of work for the guy. A lot I mean, I mean, I mean, like on Saturday, he looked like a, a deer caught in the headlights of points, Alan. Like, what, 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 what in, in regards to Greg Taylor's, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, the number choice left back, he's been excellent this season. He's currently unavailable. Juranovic is, I, I, you know, if it wasn't Morton on Saturday, then. Juranovic would potentially play left back. Well, I mean, I think if it was a big game on Saturday, you wouldn't pick Burnaby as in, and I don't mean sorry, it's not it's not a big game, but if it was against a side that you think can well, really the, hurt the, you, the league yeah, was, I, I think that's it, and I think um, you know, I'm, I'm a, similar probably to the previous discussion. I obviously clearly put stock in the improvement arc, and he needs a big one. Um, but you know, Samani's right; he hasn't played a lot of football. Um, but I think the, the slight concern is it feels like he's gone backwards. It was two consecutively bad poor performances, yeah. um, and I think that that is a that's a worry. But I don't think I don't think it, it it's not positive from his point of view. But what he needs to do, and I think look, Saturday, I think the big issue, I think the Hamden performance was a lot worse. Ball security, you you really can't give possession away that quickly. The way we want to play, we want to get you know players are set. They don't bank on us losing the ball under very little pressure and dangerous areas of part. One of the most vulnerable spots that we have in our team is if the left or right back turns it over in possession in the middle of the park because everyone else is in no yeah. area to help. And it really is. That is probably, of all the things we can do, that probably is the number one two positions who cannot give it away um, because they are very, very vulnerable. 
pretty much everyone except the two centre-halves are then going to be in, up in front of the ball. So you just need to be very, very mindful of that. Um, you know, it's why we don't accept it when centre-halves, you know, give possession away or their passes are short. It's, it's really bad. I don't think the full-backs are far off that. So, mm. you know, you can't do that. And he did that a lot at the weekend. So, you know, he's, he is a young player. Can I can I jump in? And, can I jump in and ask you a question, Alan? Because we talked about this on the agenda. I think about maybe a week, maybe two weeks ago, where the question I asked you was, and this was before the two games against Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. um, with Greg Taylor injured. Mm-hmm. Do you think Anne just thinking mm, cover left back if Juranovic goes? Would we potentially bring someone in? I, I don't think so because you know you, there was a significant outlay on Bernabe, and I don't think. I think a loan move probably, probably is fanciful because it would need to be the right move. It's a bit more complicated for someone that's not a, you know... It's all about learning the system and all that and it yeah, takes time. And, and not even that. I think it's just, if you come over from Argentina to join Celtic, you come over from Argentina to join Celtic, you know, going on loan probably isn't part of it. You know, there's quite a lot of... There's a lot more to it than just, you know, taking him and putting him in on another side. It's different if it was a Scottish-based player, it's maybe a little bit easier, there's a transition there. But I think for Bernabe, it's maybe a little bit different. So I don't think Ange will be thinking, right, I need reinforcements there. I think, to be honest, I think what he would be thinking if, you know, we're still in this position in the summer, is that at that point, then you say, I go back into the market. But to be honest, I think Ange would then do what he maybe thought he was doing last year. And he would be getting into the market to probably try and buy someone that can improve the team in the Champions League. And I think longer term, you know, Bernabe is young. There is a big upside. He is very, very good going forward when he's at his best. But I don't think you don't you wouldn't be buying a backup left by. I think you would be getting into the market to try and do some of the things that we did last year. Um, and we are very fortunate that Greg Taylor has been a completely different player this year to last year. Mm. That has helped us a lot because if he wasn't, then it would be perhaps a more pressing issue. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, let's uh, get another question uh, from uh, Jack Finn. Uh, good evening, folks. Kobayashi's distribution was very crisp and quick last night. It was also a very notable, sorry, noticeable having a left-footed player who's able to play the ball from his left foot. Having the ball curve out away from the opposition, this allowed Hatati to stay narrower for longer and flare out to the ball after it was played. Receiving in more space with more time as he didn't need to provide the more direct angle required when using a right-footed centre half. It also, of course, minimises the opposition striker's ability to block the passing lanes. Uh, big Jack Finn, he's got all the, got all the lingo. Um as it's calling away from him. Guy was lost, isn't he? Yeah, he's <laughs> just bad. reading words at this point. Um, at the same time, Starfelt's ability to dominate aerial duels and awareness recovery speed to sweep up behind his defensive partner has been quietly essential all season, particularly given how aggressive CCV likes to be stepping in. So the question is, assuming CCV always starts, mm. and assuming uh, Kobayashi and Starfelt's abilities are static... Do you sacrifice Starfield's defensive fundamentals for sharper and more threatening distribution at the back? Ask me that after more than one game where there was very little attacking intent from St Mirren that gives you a chance to clarify whether or not he can defend. I quite, I'll be honest, I, th- I thought Kobe Ashley was really good last night, I thought it was encouraging and I think Jack points out exactly the important things that he was brought in Excellent for. Excellent points from because Jack. Because yeah. that is what we need and look, last night you didn't see the the issues that sometimes can be caused by the way we play out but it is there and it is there and tends to be bigger games, Rangers and Champions League games but 
I don't know, there was the nostalgic part of me that missed um, Starfield swinging that foot like a golf club <laughs> for a pass out to the left back. And he's right, Starfield's been great this season. His recovery pace, I think he was second quickest player in the team, according to the team, or one of those Q&A things. So there is going to be a trade-off there because I would be very surprised if Kobayashi is as competent defensively on the 18-yard line as Carol Starfield. But he's been brought in to challenge and to improve the team. So I think that kind of paradigm that he's mentioned, if there is a slight trade-off in defensive quality, as in one-on-one speeds, aerial prowess, it will just be a question of how much he will to sacrifice. And I think there will be, in bigger games, I think you'll need to think about what the net improvement is. So that is one to watch. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see when he makes that decision over Kobayashi, when he thinks he's ready to play in a really big game. I thought it was a big call giving him the start last night and maybe as a slight indicator that he thinks this guy has shown a lot in training. I don't think he would have, uh, you know, there's plenty of other options he could have picked from last night. That guys Stephen that have been Welsh there and, and Jens. And... But he didn't. He gave him the jersey. So I think I think that is a, an indicator early on against a team that you lost to early in the season as well. So, yeah, I think it's a big vote of conference for Ange, but I think it'll be probably back to the preferred pairing for the short term. But there will come a point when there might be a big decision to be made and it might be... Probably not February 26th, but maybe April the 8th. I think there will be one game where you might get that impression. So it'll be interesting. One to watch out for. Chris? I just think it's mental to even be talking. No, 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 <laughs> See, you said why are you even asking shot, yeah. that, Jack? You don't know. You really, you, you don't know. I mean, it, it looked so comfortable on the ball. There was one, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was Maine that was on him where he kind of touched it. Inside and just kind of stepped yeah, away nice. from him. It was really good. Um, and then there was another one where he kind of just jockeyed the player at the edge of the box. Can't remember who it was offhand, but he looked cool there. But there was a couple of those long throws that they were putting in, and I was thinking, mm, I'm not sure. He also did pass back to Joe Hart from <gasps> two, two yards, from about two yards, but directly in front of him, which I did think rattled him. It was like, have, a... you, have you met Joe Hart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and to be perfectly honest. You know, there was times when Jens came in and we thought he was looking comfortable on the ball. I I want to see a bit more in terms of... You want of, 10 games, you want 12 games, you want yeah, 15 games. and you want to see him cope with a bit of adversity. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line for me. Does he look as if... You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's been so many of our support crying out, we need we need a, a ball playing centre half and it can do this and can do that, it can break lines and stuff like that. And I don't disagree. I think that that would really change the team. Yeah. I think a guy with his football and ability, um, you know, really could kind of revolutionise how we, fought, you know, how quick we get forward, all that sort of stuff. But that payoff def- defensive abilities is unbelievably important. And I, I think sometimes people kind of tend to dismiss that and talk about the system and building it forward. For me, you know, you know, we've talked about it with the keepers, we've talked about it with Hart, we've talked about it with Barkas and all this sort of stuff. Our centre-half's first job is to stop the ball going in the net as much as possible, same as the goalkeeper. And if the payoff between the football and ability of Kobayashi and Starfelt's um, defensive ability is really stark, you just don't do it for me. I, I, as soon as the man started talking there, I was thinking about, I think we are so badly scarred by two people. One, Doris De Vries, and two, Vasilis Barkas. Because genuinely, when we think now of that trade-off between not quite as good maybe shot-stopping, but really good at distribution, the we immediately think to, you know, De Vries not making one save in a game where there was about 30 shots um, towards him. Um, 
So I think there is an element of that, but I think when you step away from that, you do then logically think we we do need to improve if we want to go forward. I don't think anyone's questioned how sound we are defensively, but I think we're going to have to, if we want to play the way we do and we want to do, you know, that Ange ball as people, you know, like to go on about, if we want to do that in Europe, then you need players that are more naturally comfortable on the ball. And that's not a criticism of, of the guys that are there, it's just different skills. But the one thing that I hear quite a lot is people saying, well, it would be good if we have one of them that's really comfortable on the ball and a more natural defender. And I think initially you think, well, that sounds good. In reality, it doesn't work. It needs to be someone who's who can do both. That's what you need. You can't say, right, Carter Vickers is really good defensively and Kobe Ashy will be really good at passing yeah. because teams will then go, well... We'll just pressure him. We'll, we'll just pressure him and we'll leave the, the guy that's not so comfortable on the ball. Like, you need guys that are well-rounded and that blend and what makes a good partnership isn't one guy doing one thing and one guy doing another. It doesn't work like that because strikers can be aware of that. They can go and say, well, we're going to attack the one that's rotten defensively and we'll press the guy that's good in the ball. It's It needs to be, they need to be rounded. So I presume that they've looked at Kobe Ashley and they think he is good enough defensively that yeah. he'll be able to cope. But it's kind of going back to that thing, it's when that first big decision comes to play him, you know, we all think about Rangers, Tynecastle away, these games... When is he going to get that first game? Because if he gets that game, then I think that's yeah that will cement that kind of a new partnership potentially. If he doesn't, that's not to say it won't come, but it might be a, a good bit down the line because he's a young defender. But it'll be interesting. I just felt like last night it was quite a it was quite a big call putting him in. I know he's been here what three four weeks, but that's nothing. You know, there's guys that have been dying for game I mean, time that are on the bench and they aren't going to look in. Does this kind of signal the end of Jens? I, I think we, I think we said that to be honest a while ago. Yeah. I, but, I don't but, think you would take this, the option on. Option but this on specifically just seems like he wasn't even on the bench yesterday. I, I think did I not say last week that if Jens doesn't start any of the games last night or Saturday, then genuinely I think he would want out before the end of the month because he's not going to play. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's you know that's fair enough. I think we all like Jens, but I think you're, we've seen enough from him on the the negative to say that there's too much smooth enough rough edges to be done there at that age to, yeah. to take that option up yeah good analysis from jack finn though chris no it was and uh sorry jack if i was a bit forceful there but uh how dare you the signs last night were good in terms of what we already know what we've already seen you know of the the old youtube videos you know he is comfortable in the ball he is going to he, he's going to make a huge difference in terms of the tempo of the team bringing the ball forward just let's see if he can defend. I hope Jack gets a dartboard up and he's got. Do you know specifically the picture of Samana? I would like him to put on it. The oh. picture when he's got his picture with Vito from The Sopranos. Remember? <laughs> I'd like that. I don't think that's public. Is that public knowledge? Uh, well, public knowledge now, but yeah, I got a picture with Vito from The Sopranos. Vito Spatafori, I believe. Is that, his, is that his name in The Sopranos? Yes, Vito Spatafor, I believe. Uh, what's his name, his real name? Jonas, Joseph Ganascoli, I believe. Very Italian name. Such, such a Sopranos gimp. Yeah. You know everybody's name. So that, that specific picture, no, no, uh, um, I don't think he'll have that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you may want to share it on your uh, Twitter, I mean, it's up to you. Sure, cool. Uh, just in regards to yesterday, just um, as I say, there is a reaction available to everyone who subscribes. Um, and also, if you want to subscribe, even just to kind of get a taste for it, it's the cynic.co. Check it out um, and you can uh, get involved. I'm um, going to flash a yellow card here. That is your fourth, fourth advertisement of the website today. Of course. 
that's that's what we're all about, Alan. Times are hard and friends are few, mate. Of course. Um, <laughs> but in regards to the, you know, I was thinking, and this is something we'll, we'll kind of cover probably over the next couple of weeks and stuff, is just like the squad is really big. The squad is, is actually really quite big. And, you know, we talk about guys like Haxabanovich, you talk mm-hmm. about guys like, uh, like, guys who don't make the squad are, you know, McCarthy, Abelgard, like there's, yeah. there's lots of players that are on big wages, Adeguchi. A bad sign when you can't even be a sub at the mixy at training <laughs> on a Friday afternoon. Uh, that's that's bad news. That's probably the, at that point you probably want to speak to your agent. Exactly. Um, we've got Greenock Morton on Saturday, twelve thirty kickoff. Oh, make some noise with the boys. Love it. Love it. Um, Genuinely love these games. Oh yeah, I'm a big big fan too. Um, Tell us why. I don't know. I just I, I like when you get to see. I like when the stadium's a wee bit empty, and you kind of feel like. I don't know, you deserve like an award for going. And also when you get to see the kind of players that you probably wouldn't see generally. Um, plus we've got a few new guys as well, so it's got all the recipe. Kind of wait. A couple of beers. Oh, aye, aye. Oh, aye. <laughs> afterwards, afterwards. Lovely. Lovely stuff. Um, uh, Morton are currently kind of fifth place in the table. They're actually not far off second. So uh, when I was thinking about when I was... I spoke so to they're them. also not far off third or fourth. I'm going to referee a wee wrestling match between you two in the in the lighter weather, and I think you were doing it earlier on. So know, don't, don't, don't point the finger. <laughs> Queens Park are running away with the championship, um, and my See, point is so. between like sixth and second, it's very competitive. And tell us the points, Chris. Uh, Morton are on uh, thirty points. Uh, Partick Thistle have a game played a game more than them on our thirty three points. Dundee. 35 and Air United in second on 36. How many games have played? 20, 20, 21. There's a couple of. Looks like. It's a really low points haul. <laughs> yeah. Um, Queen's Park have got 40 points. Uh, play 12, drawn 4, lost 5. <laughs> I think it'd be good to see Queen's Park up. Anyway, point being, um, Greenock Morton <laughs> at the weekend. What, what are you laughing at? It feels like a real low point in the pod when we're sitting discussing <laughs> the points tally of the league below and just thrown out there. You again. guys asked for. Uh, what are you expecting from the weekend, Chris? Um, comfortable Celtic victory. Debut from Iwata. Oh, you expect Iwata? Defensive cock up from Kobayashi. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I'm, I would expect us to win, obviously, and, and some fringe players to 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 get a, a, a shot. But I would be really keen to see Awata. I've just got a real Vibe, feeling, yeah, 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 that he he could be a really important player for us. You know, obviously, he's supposed to be able to play at the back and in midfield. Um, as far as we're led to believe, he was Alan. You can set me straight on this. He was a centre half who Ange put into yeah. defensive midfield. Yeah, I think he kind of he always was a centre half, but. And either through, I don't know whether it was through circumstance or whether he, you know, saw something in him. Saw something in him, but he played him in defence midfield, and um, he, he seems to have really flourished in there. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we. I think again, not to go back the way, but playing Kobayashi at centre half and giving him that chance last night kind of feels like a lot as more seen as a midfielder, which would be ideal for us if one of the number sixes we bring in could you know play. Well, that, exactly. We've brought in what Abelgard, McCarthy, um, Idiguchi, and it's not really worked out. And you know, not to go over what we've talked about, Alan in particular talking about McGregor. 
what he's not good at in the six, you know, and is there going to be an option to bring... Could Awata be the player who can maybe play there and allow McGregor to go further forward? And what would that do for the side? That's yeah. pretty exciting. Um, as much as we've had a go at it with a few other players, again, YouTube video, he looks technically proficient and able to, you know, wide range, wide, wide, wide range of passing. So that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, Alan, who's your team? Um... This is a team I'd like to see, but I don't think he'll make as many changes. Am I going through the whole whole shebang? Whole shit through them, yeah. If Seagrist is available, which I don't know, I think he might still be injured. Oh, well, Bain was, on, Bain was on the bench. Yeah, I know. I've seen that, but I, I think I think he, he will change the goalkeeper if it's Seagrist. I don't think he'll play Bain. Um, so Seagrist, he plays across the back. I'd like to see Ralston, who I believe is back for the weekend. Ralston, Welsh, Kobayashi, and Berner. No, we call him Berna. Is that no, no. short for Berna Bay? We call him BB. BB. Okay, doc. Um, yeah, Awata. Absolutely, the Japanese right team. This is yeah, a man. lot. This is a lot of changes. Ah, this is know. an entire backline. Green at Morton have only got about ten <laughs> points this season. Um, Awata, O'Reilly, Calmac because Calmac beautiful plays. That yep. means Calmac in the six, and then in the eight. Sorry, in the eight. Sorry, um, and then Abada, Maeda, and Gigi up top. Okay, cool. Yeah. Next, so yeah. there's plenty. There's a lot of changes across the back, but you know, <laughs> the face. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. But I probably don't think it makes as many changes. I think Starfield probably plays, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a lot of changes. And I think guys need minutes, and they need, you know, it's a snapshot. It's a big opportunity. I think Ange has shown that he will make changes for these games. You know, you think back to last year, he wasn't happy with Wraith the Rovers, Wraith Rovers performance, yeah. but it gives you the opportunity to see what guys are made of. Do they do enough in that game against a lower level opposition to say, I want minutes and I want, you know, more of them and, and against bigger sides. So that's what you've got to do when you're on the first team. So there's a few in there that would hopefully see a bit from it. Maybe even a wee cameo from Rocco Vata on the bench, maybe. Yep. Uh, yourself, Chris, would it be that many changes or do you want to just see lots of new players? It would be that exact team. Oh, I'll do. Copying your, your homework again. Um, it's almost like he's in my head, or I just quite fancied what he said. <laughs> no, no, I like that. No, it's a good Rock, one. Rocco Vata, you know, another youth player. A couple of cameos. Rocco Vata. Summers. Ben Co- Summers, eh? We're good to see. I mean, if, obviously, I'll be fuming. I'll be outside the Celtic <laughs> way after the game if we don't win. But no, th- that team where a crowd of circa 27,000 would just be absolutely perfect. <laughs> circa 27. <laughs> I would love that. Um, circa 27,000 warriors to come to Alan. We've had lots of questions. Uh, Steve from Chicago, Stephen Oof. Quinn, uh, John, Daz, Kevin McGoldrick, uh, John Fitzgerald. We will answer them over the next couple mm. of pods. Can we get the question from Chicago? Uh, the Windy City. Uh, it's uh, okay, okay. Very pretty. Uh, Steve, team with the man marking of Calmac looking like a successful way of slowing us down. What will be done, if anything, for the League Cup final? We're up against a better level of opposition. <laughs> he, he wished you hadn't asked that now. He? he used the tactic of offensive effectively in their home game against us. Do we think it will be more of a plan A, or will Ange tweak the lineup, or is Greg Taylor a bigger miss than we have given him credit for? Is Iwata even eligible for the final? Um, thanks, Steve in Chicago. I think that there is a. I don't think Rangers will do what other teams have done against Galmack recently, um, and largely throughout the last kind of eighteen months. I don't think they'll do it as aggressively. 
what I think we need to do against Rangers is move the ball quicker and try and have the ability to move them out of their shape because once they get fixed into their shape, then they can, you know, it, it does work for them. Players are very comfortable with it. They know what's what's involved in it and I would imagine they'll be better in four or five weeks' time at that than they are just now, you know, with more training time. So I think our responsibility then is to... I think the movement has to be better from the defenders and the midfielders and moving the ball quicker. Guys getting into their spot early, I think, is key. And that's something you don't think about a lot. It's a phrase you use in um, basketball. Um, coaches, etc. will use getting into your spot early. But I think Ange does want that. He, the build-up, we know exactly what we want to do. Our two eights need to get wide. Sometimes we can be a little bit slow in doing it and the full-backs coming in. We've kind of moved away a little bit from that, but I think when you're playing against them, you want to do that and you want to do it quickly and make it hard for them so that they don't get set and get comfortable. Because the one thing they have done, they did it under Gerard, and you know, I presume they'll do it under Bill, is when they get into their shape and they get set, they're largely quite happy for you to have the ball. Um, but if you can get to them before that, then it's an entirely different story, and you've got a big responsibility to try and do that. So that's what I'd like to see. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Quinn, just because you mentioned that there, I just uh, Stephen Quinn mentions, good evening panel, apologies in advance for the novel that you're about to hear. Mm-hmm. As the latest issue, Ange and the team seem to be facing uh, McGregor, man marked to limit his involvement in the build-up play. Would the panel consider this to be a viable solution in basketball oh. that is a trend towards positionless, positionless basketball? where a team of similar players who consist of similar overlapping skills are free to rotate position on the court in order to stretch a defence. In a football scenario, if McGregor has been man-marked closely, he would then move towards the position on an eight on the pitch, pulling his man with him. At the same time, one of the assistant eights then drops back to fill in the space and collect the ball from the defence to allow the system to continue. This tactic can be repeated at the position of the six if a man is marked. Given the time O'Reilly spent in the sixth during McGregor's absence and Hattati filling in the inverted right-back position where he would receive the ball further, is it a stretch, to exi- to, uh, is it a stretch of their existing skill set? In a, my opinion, what are your thoughts? Essentially, it's just about stretching and pulling players into positions and it's like the Dutch team of the 1978. No, I had no idea what the 78 Dutch team were up to, to be fair. Total football. But everyone, right, everyone, uh, can, uh, everyone can play in every position and you stretch everyone around. I think It's uh, an interesting question from Zeeb. Yeah, if, if a team are going to man-mark Callum McGregor um, and it's a good team, then I think what you're then doing is you, if you're Callum you're working really hard to get into that spot, but they will switch off. They will do that. So I think you can't become deterred by it. You need to, I think sometimes, maybe over the last couple of weeks or maybe just prior to the World Cup, I think there was a slight tendency to just drop off a little bit and not work as hard to get into your spot. But I think um, I think you're comfortable giving Calmat the ball in traffic. So if he is man-marked, you'd still have faith in him. Um, Do you think Ange just wants something to work out of it? Like I, I, I don't think it's, I, th- I think teams are doing it, but when you have got so many threats in the team, I think you're quite comfortable it is when, if they do that, and the team then don't play because of it. But I haven't seen any game yet where he's been marked out the game and other guys haven't been able to step up. Um, and Calmac largely is still able to impact the game. Sometimes it's a little bit on. I think the first half hour, first half maybe even, is very difficult because everyone's fresh. You try to chase Cal McGregor about the park for an hour and very difficult. So you can make a change, bring someone else on, but he's not going to be as good as the first guy and it's he will get his time, he will get his opportunities. So... 
you know, it's it's a novel idea. I, I, if I was setting up against Celtic, I wouldn't think that the best thing to do is just stick someone on Cal McGregor and hope for the best because you then just make it ten against ten, and the other ten players are really good as well. So, um, yeah, great, great point. Um, we we've got a, a preview coming up uh, on the Cynic dot co, Alan. Uh, so check that out. Um, that'll be the weekend update. It'll be myself and Paul Carlin. We'll be talking through some uh, lots of stuff. We've got. Uh, we spoke to um, De- Dean McKinnon from the Cel- uh, the. Greenock Morton podcast, uh, one Cornetto. Uh, so check it out. Um, we're going to finish on a lineup quiz. Hey. So we're not. I was going to, you know, like fuck up, fuck up, Samani. Gangs to do. Twenty um, fourth of the ninth, two thousand and thirteen. Celtic lost one 0 to Morton. We're not doing that because we want to end on a nice point. So when it comes to uh, the nineteenth of January, twenty ten. Put yourself in the 2010 bracket. 19th of January 2010. Celtic beat Morton 1-0 in the Scottish Cup. 2010. 2010. We beat Morton 1-0 in the Scottish Cup. And I'm looking for... You've got a live... We've got two lives each. Uh, Chris Armani, you start. Scott Brown. Scott Brown... Was not in the, <laughs> was not even in the squad. So, um, Thomas Ronya, Thomas Ronya oh, was not even in the squad. Um, fucking washout. Uh, Sir Manny. <laughs> to be fair, I, I think we'd all be struggling to be there. Two thousand and ten. I'll even think. Uh, uh, is it really? Gary Caldwell. Gary Caldwell. Left was not in the, in the squad. Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day! Hey! There's a famous song about him and what he did, but I can't sing it. Aidan McGeady. Or did he leave? Aidan McGeady, yes. He I mean, you're already right. out, but still. <laughs> How's he out? Because he got two wrong in a row. Oh, did he? Oh, well, I've won then. I'll read, I'll read out the... <laughs> well, I've won by default. I'll read out the team. It was Boric, Hinkle, Naylor, Lewins, O'Day, McGinn, Crossass, Zai. Crossass. McGady, Samaras, Fortuny, and the subs were Zaluska, Josh Thompson, uh, Paddy McCourt, Koki Mizuno, and James Forrest. Mizuno! Yes. Flashbacks. Incredible. Um, This has been. Hey. Drop the glass. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic as always. Um, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, plenty to talk about then. But Alan Edgar, pleasure as always, sir. Loved it. Thanks for having me. Enjoy Saturday, everybody. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Morton at home should be terrific. Uh, Chris? Smashing. Loved it. Excellent. Roll on Saturday. Great smashing. Super. Um, from Chris Armani, from Alan Edgar, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been the Cynic Weekly, and we'll speak to you down the road.